Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You're listening to Pause I Am Radio. everyone and welcome to this edition of Pause Iron Radio. I'm your host Robert Brining, Jeremy Dunn, joining us live from the streets of New York. <laughs> <laughs> Literally from the streets of New York. Actually from the streets of St. George, Staten Island. I just got, again, I just got off the ferry coming from Brooklyn and uh, it is, I gotta tell you, I think it's, um, it's about 19 degrees right now and there's a wind chill that pulls it down to around zero. It is awful out here. Well, that's not good. It's it's cold no, here it's, too. It's like 26 degrees here, so uh, it's a little colder up there. Well, well, I, I I tell you, it's this weather that's making me appreciate my trip to Cancun all that more. <laughs> and when are you going to Cancun, or did you go, or I don't no, know I'm that. Uh, I am flying out on. February 27th, and I come back on Monday, March 4th. Oh, sweet. So, I'm going to be in an all-inclusive resort. All my food, beverages, all of it included. And um, I'm just going to go be a complete bum and lay on the beach. Maybe swim around in the in the water and get a tan. Oh, jeez. Well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> So tell me yeah. how is how is um you know we were off last week a lot of things were going on um personally for me and um so we're back here this week um how was your Valentine's Day that kind of flew by since we were on last yeah Valentine's Day was nice uh, Louis and I we went to we went to dinner we uh, then we went out and had a couple drinks and had just kind of very nice time. And um, I'm sorry, folks, you hear me breathing hard, because I'm literally running uphill right now. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, we had a great evening, and, uh, and then I got to see him again this weekend, and we had a great time this weekend. We went couch shopping. Cool. Yes. He's helping me pick out a couch for the new apartment. Well, that's exciting. Are you excited? You know, I'm I'm thrilled. I am excited. It's going to be kind of fun. Um, Daniel and I, uh, he 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 and I wanted to. He said, "Why don't you come in, move in here, and uh, hang out in Staten Island, get settled, get your get your bearings." And so I've done that, and and uh, now it's time for me to, to to jump out of the net, so to speak. And uh, I got a new place. I'm going to be in Queens. And uh, it's off the 7 train, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be in Jackson Heights. So if you want to come visit me, just let me know. Um, <laughs> and uh got a brand new place. Or not a brand new place, but I got a new place. It's in a pre-war building. Huge, huge space. And I love it. Love it. Cool. So, well, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I feel like an adult. Yay! And that's always a good thing, isn't it? It is. It's awesome. So what about you? What did you do? Um, I actually spent my Valentine's Day um, hanging out with two of my friends, Mike and Rob. And, you know, we just kind of, we haven't hung out, all three of us together, and went out, you know, um, to the bars or just hung out in general in such a long time. 
Um, and just recently we've kind of all reconnected together again, and we decided to go out. So we just, you know, we went out locally. We, we did a little um, pre-gaming at my friend's house and then um, took a cab into the city and went out and had a good time. You know what I mean? And just and just had fun. And the exciting thing that happened to me on Valentine's Day, which is ironic in, in a way because I've been they've been reaching out to me to, to get him back on the show and, and his um, and, and Dwayne Kramer um, is I went into Mondo. Oh really? Yeah, it was it was kind of really funny because I, I I didn't think it was him because it was dark and you know we were dancing and and my friend's like oh my god that's the guy from Project Runway. And I was just expecting it to be somebody, just anybody, I don't know, not Mondo. You know, and I looked over and I was like, oh, crap. So I went over and I said hi, you know, we said hi to each other, and then I, I let him be and, and hang out with, you know, his people. Oh, good. That's kind of But cool. it, was, it, was, it was a nice little surprise. Oh, that, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, but keep talking. I'm going to take my little dog out for the potty. Come on, Charlie. And did so, she just, he, yes, she did. So oh, tonight um, we are going to um, cover uh, some hot topics. We did a, a hot topic show a few weeks ago, and it was um, somewhat of a hit. A lot of people liked it. They called in, and you know we were able to cover a range of things and not just have you know somebody share their story because sometimes you know that can get repetitive and sometimes it's difficult to find people um, on a regular basis. And you know I decided to do it again tonight. You know, we were kind of, last minute I was just dealing with a lot of stress, so I'm just trying to figure it all out. And I think that a Hot Topic show would be perfect because there's a lot of things that are, are coming out in the news and then also in some new magazines that came out. I recently picked up the Positively Aware magazine, and it, it's, um, you know, kind of focused on social media and, and breakthroughs in technology and how how advancements in technology is kind of changing our lives and it and it starts with our, our doctor's office that we go to or the health clinic. Um, a lot of places like here in Mazzoni in Philadelphia, um, they have a portal that the patient can actually sign into. And actually, Jeremy, you were actually a spokesperson in a video for this, um, for this company that does this, this, this portal for the, I guess, yeah. the doctors and the patients too. What was that um, it's company called Athena. about? It's called Athena. It's Athena Health something or other. Yeah, I, I was interviewed. Uh, I was patient number one in my doctor's office with it. So um, it's kind of cool. And it is yeah. cool. You can go in. You can check all your labs and uh, keep caught up on on what's going on with your own health. Uh, it helps the doctors keep everything nice and clean and uh, and, and that kind of thing. It, it, it's just... Um, it. It also is a requirement now for any doctor who accepts Medicaid. Uh, they have to have all of their their records electronic. Um, I think it's really I think it's twofold, you know, to keep to keep the records up to date, and uh, and additionally, um, for Medicaid purposes, it's to make sure that it's auditable, it's traceable. Because I'm sure you've heard in the news, there's a ton of Medicaid and Medicare fraud going on, and uh, so I think it's really to start clamping clamping down on on the fraud that that's uh, that's been committed. Um, uh, somebody in the chat room asked what the name was of it again. It was called Athena, right? Is that what it was called? Yeah, Athena. Athena Health. Athena Health. I can't remember if it's might just be Athena Health. It's Athena. I know that. You'll be able to a- find it. It's like digital records. You have to just search yeah. that. Yeah. Do Athena Medical Records. I think you can find it. I mean, the the place here that I had had the interview for actually used it. That's why I kind of I tried to learn a little bit um, about it, and that's when I came across the video that had you in it, which was kind of ironic. I thought. I remember calling yep. you that night hey. at eleven o'clock at night. Um, Hey, um, I need I need to be put on hold for one second. Um, my dog just ran into somebody else's house. Hold on. All right. <laughs> so we'll let Jeremy flow with that. Um, if you'd like to give us a call here at the show, 347-215-9442. We'll be talking about of a, a range of hot topics. If you have something you want to talk about HIV-related, call in and, and uh, you know give us a call here. Press the one button and let us know you want to come on air. So uh, we started talking a little bit about social media, so I kind of wanted to go back to that. Um, because 
you know, in the year 2013, it's it's kind of an everyday thing for most Americans and most people living on the planet, social media, um, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, Pinterest, or uh, Tumblr, whatever you're on. Um, and for, for gay men, there's apps for, for, for hooking up, and a lot of people will go onto these apps, um, and, you know, there's not necessarily a place on there specifically to disclose. So in the new Positively Aware uh, magazine that was for the January-February of 2013, uh, there's actually an article in the back about hooking up um, and using social media. And in one of the many um, articles inside, it, it talks about the app uh, Grinder, which is very um, you know popular in the gay community. Men use this to uh, meet friends, uh, hook up, you know, um, you know, and just maybe just chat. So they actually have an announcement in here that they're going to be launching a new Grinder where users will be able to identify with an HIV-positive community, and they're actually going to call this community on the Grinder app POZ, P-O-Z. Um, this is what the CEO of Grinder says, and we've decided to do this instead of providing an HIV status field in their profile, since the status field might lead to some people unknowingly stating that they are negative in a world where nearly half of HIV-positive men don't even know that they're HIV-positive. And that the POS community that is going to be on Grindr is just one of many communities expected to appear on the app's new version set to release in early 2013. So that's kind of interesting. And then the other uh, social media uh, website uh, that's kind of making a buzz for positive people to date would be Voltage, uh, which is our uh, Positive Radio's own Jack McEnroe um, is one of the founders of that, um, and that is uh, very similar to an online um, not dating site. So check that out if you guys are interested in looking for that. But these are two things that you know people are using social media now to hook up. So um, I just came across that today. So tell us, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, we're going to see Jeremy. Are you back with me now? I'm I'm here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. So what are your thoughts on some of the stuff that I was just. Uh, Discussing. Were you able to hear um, any of it? I, I did. I heard a lot, most of it. Um, I what I think, quite honestly. All right. <laughs> why segregate the pause guys out of the community? Uh, why why do we have to separate them out of the general population? I guess that that's that that's my opinion, and I think Grinder, while being thoughtful in a way. I, I think what they're doing is also still saying, hey, you're not worth being on our main site. Go over here and um, hide. <laughs> we don't want you in the main. In other words, we don't want you in our swimming pool. There's the fountain you get to drink. Right. Don't come in the front entrance. You know, mm -hmm. So I, I have to say, you know, while their intentions may be good, I, I don't think this is the right thing to do. Okay, now let me let me play the other side and, and ask you this. What if you are somebody who is HIV positive and is only interested in meeting other HIV positive people? Wouldn't you want a place where that is an option? Then put the status in in the profile. But like it, the article it, says it, here that half the people that are H, H, half the, the gay men are think, HIV I positive. Think, you know what? I, I think he is I think his thinking is flawed. I really do. I think his thinking is flawed. Um, and uh, it's not half of the men who... It, it's not half. He, his, his, his statistics are wrong, his math is wrong, and his thinking is flawed. Um, it, it's still... You know what? We don't want you in our swimming pool. We don't want you at our table. You know what? Here. Go over here. We don't want to look at you. We don't want to see you. No, and, that makes sense. I think that this is one of the – because they, they talk about other communities that they're going to add, so I'm assuming that they're going to be adding other things like a, a bear community, a leather community, or this kind of community to kind of separate and, and bring it together more. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily the best thing to do, but, you know. Well, i, I got to I mean, tell you, you know, quite honestly, um, I don't like Grinder. I think the guys that are on Grinder and – you guys and those of you who are on here can either you know shoot me later or or whatnot. But I, I think Grinder is full of posers, jerks, and defects. That's my opinion. But hey, 
No, I don't think that they're. I don't. I don't. I don't think that they're the best thing in the world either. So, um, I don't know. But uh, you know, no, that's I, I one just, of the I, things. I, yeah, I, I just think Grinder is. I think they have good intentions with it. Um, I, I do too. But, I think the intentions, while good, you know what they say about good intentions. Mm-hmm. You know what? Good intentions are the pathway to hell. And, and you know what? Aaron Lapton, he said that we've, we've already got scruff. We've already got growler. We've already got these other other things. You know, it, it's just, I, I, I think that, I, I, I think, you know what, by separating people out in communities, like, like here, you pause people, go over there. All of the rest of you go over here. I, I think it's I think it's stigmatizing and I think it's wrong. You know, that's just that's just me. I see. I mean, it makes sense. You know, everybody has their opinion, so it's good that you have yours, you know. Um speaking about social media, there are some great organizations um that are using social media to cause a buzz and, and have a conversation since um, most of the people in the world actually have probably more conversations on Facebook than they do in real life or face-to-face. So um, I wanted to mention a few of them. One of them has um, has been uh, the Stigma Project. You know, we've had those guys on here um, before, and, uh, you know, they're using amazing images and, and, and you know, words and, and play on movies and things like that to, to kind of start a conversation and I think it's it's an amazing thing. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Jeremy? Yeah. Okay, the Sigma Project. I'm sorry, I'm trying to sit down here um, and, and get back. All right, ah, here we go. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm I'm getting kisses from the dog. Um, so uh, I think the Sigma Project is pretty cool. Um, I think what it's doing is something similar to I'm the face of HIV. You know, it's doing. Um, Things like, uh, you know, um, what else? Uh, I'm the face of HIV. It's really putting out there that, hey, we're just like you. Uh, we don't deserve, there is no shame. So I'm going to go back. Sorry, I'm going to go back to the whole grinder thing. It, it's kind of, you know, it to me, it's, and maybe I'm reading way too much into all of this, but if there is no shame in being HIV positive, then why are you making us go into a separate community? Do you think we're going to feel, you know, I, I would like to get his, it's like what he said in that article is actually mm-hmm. quite, it, it's. Which part bothers you the most? Um, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's quite honestly, right, it's patronizing. Was part where he says he decided he decided to do a community instead of providing a status field in their profile. Right, it's, it's patronizing. And it's, it says since, um, it, since the status field might lead to someone, some people unknowingly stating that they are negative in a world where nearly half positive gay men don't know their status. I want to know where he got that statistic. I want to know. You know, it's just it, he's. I, I'm sorry. He, he's just anyway. Again. Good intentions lead the, are the pathway to hell. Right, Charlie? <laughs> what do you think, Chuck? Oh, Charlie just burped everybody. She yep. just burped. So, um, but anyway, so, so I, I think, you know, you've got these conflicting things going on. It's like, okay, well, we're going to, okay, you pause, guys, keep your own community. Don't put your toe in our water. But then we're also trying to say, hey, there's no shame in it. Right. Right? Um, yeah. All right, well, let's move on to something else. So one of the questions I always wanted to actually ask you, Jeremy, is you just, you know, recently went through a transition and moved to New York. Um, what was the process like for you to find a new doctor? So many people now are either looking for a doctor for the first time because they're newly diagnosed or are doing what you're doing and moving to another city and looking to find, you know, a physician. Um, what, what steps did you take to find a new doctor in New York? Um. Well, what I did is I went through my insurance company. Who's my who are, who's in network for my insurance? Oh, you know, um, go online, 
find out, you know, take a look at infectious disease doctors in your area or in your zip code um, or within a 25-mile radius, you know, or a 10-mile radius or a 5-mile radius. Um, if you're, you know, if you can get online, go on to, uh, go on to posim.org or .com and, and find out, uh, you know, and ask people, you know, I'm moving to this area. Can somebody help me? Go into the body.com. Go into AIDSMED. Go to pause.com. You know, there's, there's different places that you can go that will have that information. Um, but I think it's really, you know, it's finding, you know, putting in the criteria that you're looking for. And, you know, online is probably the easiest way to look for one. And don't, um, and, and remember, uh, it, it's, you know, you're going to meet a doctor for one or two times, and you're probably not going to, you know, if you don't have a good rapport with them, then find another one. Yeah, that's the thing, because it's kind of like what we, you know, suggest to people is you're interviewing the doctor, so you get to pick your doctor. You don't have to go to, you know, the one doctor who, you know, you find first. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and... And also, yeah, and so somebody, Coffee Man 64, just said, you know, those sound like good choices. And also, if you are moving, talk to your doctor. Talk to your current doctor and say, hey, you know, help me, help me find a doctor. Help me, help me track somebody down where I'm going. Can you do that for me? You know what? The doctors do that. They, they will do that for you. Yes, I know. I have not had to find a new doctor, so I don't haven't gone through that. But I know it's something that a lot of people have um, talked about um, and have asked about how to find a new doctor when they move to a new city and and they look for suggestions. So I think that you know the sites that you mentioned were were pretty good. Um, one of the other things I, I think that we um, were asked to touch on was actually depression. And you know, I was gonna I was gonna mention something about that too. I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> because it's something that I think a lot of people who are diagnosed with, you know, an illness go through, especially people who are diagnosed with HIV. It's it's a scary thing. Um, if you're not educated on the topic, you, you know, have the vision of Philadelphia or, you know, the, the vision of, you know, the last time it actually was in the media on a regular basis, which would have been back in, you know, the 80s and early 90s when people were dying. Um, so that's the image you have. It's, I think, you know, you you automatically think you're going to die. I mean, I know that's what I thought. And Well, I, I think also it goes to, um, and, and I'm going to call out Aaron Laxton because he wrote a uh, really good article. And, uh, I, and I'll have to find it. It's on Facebook. Um, but, uh, uh, and I'll post it in the, in the, in the chat room. But, um, you know, a lot of folks, already have some form, you know, many people have some form or another of a of mental illness or a mental health issue, I should say. You know, it could be depression. It could be bipolarism. It could be, uh, you know, in, in many cases, in, in, in extreme cases, it could be schizophrenia. It could be, you know, it could be many things. And in oftentimes, you know, you, we think that, uh, we think that HIV and AIDS is treated with stigma. Mention the fact that you have, uh, that, that you have, you know, that you're depressed. A lot of people say, just step out of it, get over it. What do you have to be depressed about? Um, it, or that you have a bipolar issue. You know, you have these vast mood swings, you're manic. You know, we tend to put those people into a um, uh, thank you, Aaron, for putting that in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron spoke, just posted his, his article. It's actually quite good, and it's it's provocative and it's thought-provoking. It's something that I think everybody should read. And it, it is um, <sighs> mental illness is not a laughing matter. It is not something that can be ignored. It is not something that we can shut away. And, uh, and and I'm going to go off HIV topic for just one second. It's, you know, in the Reagan administration, uh, in one way, one of the ways um, to as a cost cutting measure, they closed down a lot of the um, uh, mental hospitals, and they released these people 
into the streets with nowhere to go, no family. Nobody wanted them. Um, today, we have, we have so many homeless out there who have a mental illness. And then you add into addiction, which is another disease, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Then you add, you know, you start adding these things on top of one another. It gets to be so much of a weight that just you just cannot bear. So, you know, is it, do we have people that are committing suicide because they just can't bear it anymore? Probably. Um, do we see, uh, uh, you know, so I, I think mental illness today, along with HIV, it, combined with HIV, I should say, is probably one of the more stigmatized uh, and I'm going to say this, community. You know, it, it's like, come on. So there is no community. These are people. You know, it, it's, it, we, we have to realize that we can't just treat um, the virus alone. You can't. You can't just treat the virus alone. You have, right. to, you treat have to treat the person. The whole person. Exactly. So you have to assess the entire person. And and I think many times, um, you know, that that that's lacking in in our uh in, 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 in diagnosis and in treatment. So we're we're treating the virus, we're making sure that the viral load is, you know, undetectable, we're making sure that the C D support counts are undetectable, but we're forgetting to ask the person, How are you feeling today? Emotionally. Where are you? How you know? Do you feel sad? Do you feel happy? Um, on a scale of one to ten, are you hearing things? Are you seeing things? You know, I, I think we're forgetting these things, and and it causes people, you know, to to um to spiral, and uh and when we forget that, and, or and I shouldn't just say forget, I should say ignore. When we ignore the the mental issues, the mental health issues, we're ignoring a large part of of the treatment that's required, and it just it just is um, it's it's terrible. It's it's so it, I I'm on the verge of tears right now. It, it's just it is it, it's just so hard to grasp the whole monster, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just <clears throat> I think it's one of the most important things that us as activists need to be working on is that that connection with that. You know, I, it, 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 you're you're absolutely right because, you know, with mental health, it's the unseen. You don't see yeah, it. It's an invisible illness. It certainly is. Because it's yeah. chemical. It's emotional. All of those things are chemical. And and it's hard to... I find it hard to ignore, quite honestly. So... So one of the other things, uh, first I want to open up the phone lines. If you guys would like to give us a call here at the show and uh, bring up a hot topic to us or discuss something that we may have already uh, talked about, you can call us at 347-215-9442. We're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, um, we'll come back and we're going to talk about starting meds. I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the Naked Truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS. And we are back live with Robert and Jeremy. So uh, one of the next things I wanted to talk about was starting men's meds uh, and when is the right time. Um, a lot of people have questioned that on the Pause I Am uh, social network. It's a 
a hot topic that, you know, it's something that everybody who is living with HIV has to cross the bridge at some point, you know, um, during their life to to choose when to start meds. Uh, Jeremy, when did you start? Um, how long after your diagnosis? A week. A week. So you immediately started. Was that because of your... Yeah. I, I absolutely had to. I had 40 T-cells. And I was on the verge of pneumonia. I was on the verge of a lot of things, and I didn't know I had it. And um, so they said, (laughs) you don't get a choice in this one. So I I went directly on meds and didn't get past go. Um, You know, and and so. So so you actually don't know what it's like to be HIV positive and not on meds. Right. Just the time before leading up to your diagnosis. That's right. Right. And I didn't know about it. So how many different regimens have you been on? Because now you've been positive for how long? I've been diagnosed for, what is this, eight years. I've been, I've probably been positive for about 14. 14. Yeah. And how many different meds have you been on? Groups? Regimens? I've been on three Three. in that eight years. And it looks like I might be um, going on another one (laughs) for cost reasons alone. Right. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah, because uh, I, I changed my insurance um, because I was fighting with my flexible spending account provider. They wouldn't pay for anything. And so I kept, you know, it's been a, been a hassle. So I switched. I switched over to a health savings account. So, which is, you know, and, and I also have insurance. So they cover 80%. I cover 20% after my deductible is met. Well, I went to go um, fill my fill my meds this, for the first three months of the year. Thank God I have plenty of meds left. But um, I went to go fill them, and uh, I, they call me and say, um, uh, "Do you really want us to put us through put this medication through? Do you know how? I mean, I think it's coming up to two thousand three hundred eight dollars and forty cents." And I I choked. I went. I went. What? They said, yeah, because you still have that $1,200 deductible, that $1,250 deductible you have to meet. I'm oh, like, wow. oh, crud. I forgot all about that. So I said, no, 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 let's 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 wait. Um, but, uh, yeah, $2,300. So once that is met, then I pay 80%. So 80% for four medications is about $900 every three months. Oh, my Lord. Yep. That is outrageous. Um, that's that's my co that's my copay. So I'm I'm gonna uh, this week and 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 the next weeks or next couple weeks I'm gonna start looking at um you know uh, prescription uh, prescription help you know you know what can I do to cut my prescription costs and that kind of thing and see where where my insurance company and so this is what insurances do folks ladies and gentlemen that if you are um, against Obamacare, if you will, the Affordable Health Care Act. Let me tell you why you will want the Affordable Health Care Act. Because the insurance company um, will penalize you for not using generic meds. All right. So, which means that in the United States, there are no HIV generic medications available. There aren't. That's a big problem. That is a big problem. So, you know, but yet we, they have them in Canada, they have them in other countries, but we can't get them here in the United States. And because because I make too much money, I don't qualify for ADAP. I don't qualify for, you know, any of these. You know, I'm in the middle class. I'm in... I'm I'm in the middle class right now, but I can't qualify for programs because I you know I'm I'm above the cutoff. So right. So those of us who are in the middle class, who you know, so we we do talk a lot about you know those people who are on, you know in the poverty level and who don't make you know you know where in you know. Then you've got you know the wealthy 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 people. Then you've got everybody in the middle who are the ones that are really um, 
uh, struggling to pay for their medications. I mean, you've got people who are working two or three jobs just to pay medical costs, which is ridiculous. It is. You know? It's like, I, I, it's just, oh, oh, it, it, it is so, it's, it, it is just, it, it's, it's, it's We're appalling. Being <laughs> it, no, well, it, it's appalling that we can't get affordable health care and affordable medication into the hands of the people who need them. Affordable. I mean, and when you go and you look at the cost, and this is where, you know, I get a little pissy with pharma companies, is as I understand, you know, everybody's in it to make a buck. I, I get that. But when your profit margin is, you know, 1,500%, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I mean, when it, it costs you, when it costs you $3 to make one pill, and you're charging me $250 or $300 or $500 for that same pill, that is asinine. That is burglary. That's rape. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it is it's, crazy. It's, so, it's, and I know I kind of took us on a, um, took us on a, off on a bit of a tangent, but I thought <laughs> it. So, not you. Yeah, not me. But to bring us back to, you know, starting medication is, you know, when you start, I think it's a very personal decision. You know, A, mm-hmm. you feel like taking them. Uh, B, how healthy are you? C, how healthy is your immune system? You know, how healthy is that immune system? Is the immune system doing what it's supposed to do? Is it keeping the virus in check? Is it doing things? Um these are all things that you have to discuss with your doctor. And together, um, with your doctor, that's when you make the decision. How, what are your thoughts on, on health journals? You know, um, some people keep them. I have never started. Like, I don't have a track of all of my numbers ever since, you know, for the past 11 years. Um, just recently I started actually getting, like, um, because now my doctor's office has updated and have a new system. So they were able to, like, print me out, like, the last year's numbers for me. So I could see where I've gone, you know, within the last year. But do you have a health journal? And, and you know, how healthy do you think that is? Well, not obviously yeah. not healthy, but how, like, you know, good do you think that is for somebody newly diagnosed? You know, I, I did it for a while only because I was on a, I was on a study, you know, when I first right. started. But, um, and that's another thing I'm going to be talking to my doctor about is what kind of studies are out there? <laughs> Help me save some money here. Um, uh, I think it's a good idea. I think it gets you into a discipline. I think it disciplines you in um, adherence. I, and I don't take, I, you know, I don't, I don't keep one any longer, but uh, I used to. Yeah, I don't. I've never had it, and I just, I mean, I guess, like, my health journal was my blog, you know, when I would blog now. But I guess, you know, people don't, I don't know if people really actually have, like, health journals that they write in. I guess most of it's now done through blogs and stuff like that. Well, that or, you know, your doctor's office might have Athena. They might have Athena, you know, an online tool that you can get to your stuff. So Mine actually doesn't, but... Um, they're, they're, I think, working towards getting it. Yeah, I think there's a, there's actually a timeline where any doctor who accepts Medicaid and Medicare must be on a um, electronic version. Right. So um, let's 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 move on to um, disclosing, and you know that's probably the, the biggest topic that we've had on 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 the network there. You know with uh, comments is when to disclose, how to disclose. And, and uh, one of the hot topics that we have in, in the forum was who was the first person, you know, that you disclosed to. Um, I know for me the first person that I actually disclosed to was my friend who took me to the doctor's office when I got called in, when I got that, that dreadful call that said, um, we need you, we got your results and we need you to come in. 
you know, you, you know it's not a good thing when we need you to come in, is, is what they're saying, and they're not like, everything's just fine. So um, uh, she was the first person that I told, and I just remember, I don't even think I told her, I just think I just, my silence told her, I think. Like, yeah. I did that without a word. Like, I was just totally silent, dumbfounded, confused, and, like, I felt like my whole life got turned upside down in a, in a split second, and, and I didn't know what to say or, or even how to react to hearing that I was HIV positive for the first time. You, you know what's interesting is when you say it. Mm-hmm. Well, when that took a while. It, Hard. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you say it for the first time, it's... Um, I'm HIV positive. Where did that come from? Um, gosh, that's the first person. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me, I sneezed. Um, uh, you didn't say bless you. Great. Bless now you. my soul has gone to hell. It's too late. I, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm going to rot in hell now. Thank you. You didn't save my soul. I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's over. So um, I had some people send me uh, some of their uh, basically tactics on how to disclose and, like, some of the things of how they disclose. I asked them on Facebook to send it to me um, personally so I could share some of them on because this is a topic that we talk about. So um, one person says, I've always told on the first date sitting across from the person, looking them in their face, not on the phone where rejection comes easy. Not in a bar where alcohol and music can prevent any real conversation. First date, face-to-face. If he rejects me, he would have to do so in an adult way, in the brave way, looking at me, having talked to me and gotten to know me. So I think that's kind of an interesting way to look at it because so many people are afraid to say it face-to-face on the first date. Um, You know, and this person, um, you know, that's the way they want to have it. They said, if I'm going to be brave enough and and put my balls to the wall and disclose to you, you know, you have to be brave enough to reject me to my face. And I think that's, you know, an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, in, in some cases, you know, like when I when I disclosed my parents, I had to do it over the phone. Um, right, but I think this is more yeah. of um, dating disclosure, oh, not necessarily dating? family. Yes. Um, all right. Yeah, this, that's what they say on the first date, so that's what they, they meant. This is somebody who disclo- wants to disclose always on the first date, so they're, you know, that rejection is like, you know, you're in that spot where you've got to be an adult. As they say, man up in the straight world. <laughs> man up. Yeah, and, you know, it, I, I, you know, it, 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 I, I think, I think with the, it, it's, you know, it's, um, just, I always, you know, this is for Aaron Blackston when I say this, but um, I always say um, I'm HIV positive. Um, I progressed into full-blown AIDS, and uh, <laughs> but I'm unhealthy and undetectable. But uh, there you no, go. It, it, it's 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 just I I think you know it all depends on you know two things you know. A, are you going to be sleeping with this person? And B, um, what is it that you're looking for from this person, you know, when you disclose? Uh, I, I think... Um, uh, well, I think I, everyone's I, different, too. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And I, I think when you're, when you're dating... Uh, here's my opinion. Anytime that you're going to have sex, just to protect you... Um, it, it's really, really important that um, it, that you disclose. It, 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 quite honestly, that's that's my opinion. It, it's right. my opinion, and 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 uh, I, I just I just really think that you know. So you know, legal action doesn't come up, and you know. So what do you do? Do you do you? Um, do you do you tell somebody that, or do you have them sign a paper and says, "Here, I disclosed to you. Sign this. Let me know." Because you know it's all these stupid criminalization laws that make it so hard for us to, you know, all of those things. Um, right. Well, before before we get into the laws, let me go over and read some more of these uh, disclosure um, stories or suggestions that people 
uh, shared about through Facebook um, on our site. Uh, you can find us on Facebook backslash Radio. Um, this person says, I don't disclose a thing about HIV until I get to trust the person. I try to get a sense of the person, that the person is okay with HIV stuff, or if they are not. I drop a hint by saying a good friend of mine has AIDS, and I carefully watch how he responds to the hint. You'd be surprised at what you can learn from a body language, which is kind of interesting because that's one of the things that, you know, we suggest to people who go to the group and on POSIM is, you know, to bring up HIV AIDS-related topics when you're on a date to kind of get a sense of how educated that person that you're on that date with is or how comfortable they are with HIV AIDS. Um, like the AIDS walk was coming up and one of the kids in the group um, was dealing with disclosure, so we talked about, you know, mention you're going on the AIDS walk. See if he'd like to make a donation. See how he reacts to that. Maybe he'd want to go with you. You know what I mean? So that, that, that's an interesting thing, bringing up HIV-related topics. Um, the next one, uh, the person says, I make no big secret of my status. It's part of who I am. It's not the only part, so I don't put it in front of my name. But I, could, I couldn't imagine a first date going by without, this, without disclosure. At the end of the day, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. And then the last person says, I, I always tell before I'm asked. I indicate my HIV status before I ask others. So, what what are your thoughts on them bringing up topics first? Let's go with that one as a, as a tactic. I think that I think that's an interesting idea. Um, I think that it could um, oh, what am I trying to think? Um, so, I, I think when you drop ideas, I, I think it could it could do two things. It could cause you not to say that you're positive, or it could provide you a teaching moment. Right. And so, so I think I think there's a choice there to be made. And and quite honestly, uh, friends, you know, I, I always go back to that stupid Dr. Seuss quote. But it, but friends, if they're your real friend and they're a true friend, they're going to support you no matter what. That's true. You know, if they're so hung up on your HIV status, and you guys aren't even going to have sex, you're not even going to um, uh, 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 swap body fluids in any way, and you're undetectable, they don't have any worry to deal with it. It's like you know what? Just support me. I'm I'm telling you as my friend, as as you know, as as a um, as somebody that I need support from. I, I you know what? This is I need you. I, I I I'm I'm telling you this because I need your support. Dating. If you're expecting to have sex with this person, tell them. I I think it's the I think it's the ethical and the right thing to do. The and if morals are a choice, that's, that's a choice of mine that it's, if I'm going to have sex with you, you're going to know that I'm HIV positive and we're going to make those decisions together. Mm-hmm. Right? I agree. So, I mean, those, I, that, that's, that's where I think. What do you think? Do, what do I think? On, I'm sorry, you lost me for a second. So I mean, where, where's what's your position on this? What, what, wait a minute, you lost me for a second. I'm totally zoned out for a second. <laughs> I totally, you totally lost me and caught me off guard because I was trying to look at some article in this a positively aware magazine, and I was trying to to read it real quick and I lost you. So is no, that great? <laughs> what, what were we just talking about? We were talking about eutrophic you know, tints and telling people. Yes, what, I think it's a great thing. So I what, think that so so then Robert, what do you do when you see somebody kind of fidgeting and 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 not um, you know not comfortable with the subject? What do you do at that point? Well, you can kind of tell. I think like when you bring when you're on a date with somebody, especially I think in the gay community, and you drop the word HIV or AIDS, there is going to be some sort of um, how do I want to say this. Uh, some sort of uh, like knee-jerk reaction in the person in front of you know the person in front of you. Whether you bring it up just in talking about a friend of yours who's HIV positive who maybe you're doing the walk with, 
or, um, you know, something, there's going to be some sort of response from the person sitting across from you. And it's either going to be this one where they look directly into your eyes and they're listening to every word that you said because they are educated, or there's going to be ones who who look the other way and, and like, you know, kind of shift their position because they're not comfortable with the situation or they don't know much about it or they just think that it's something that they don't have to worry about. You know, the youth today, the young people, they don't think HIV is a thing that they have to worry about because medications are, are, are a lot better than they were in the 80s and 90s and, and people are living longer, they're healthier, and people that are living with HIV today don't necessarily, the biggest thing on their, like, health risk isn't necessarily HIV. There's other issues that since we're living older, you know, living longer and we're, we're older, we're dealing with, with, you know, growing old with HIV and, and different, you know, other health conditions that are, are far worse than just HIV. So I think the youth today has a, a misconception of what HIV really is because of, you know, pills like Travada and the news that all that gets there. But I think, you know, when people are fidgety and they're uncomfortable, it's very obvious. And HIV is one of those topics where either somebody's very comfortable and knowledgeable about it or the person is either not educated and uncomfortable. And I think those two reactions are very easy to tell. Yeah. No, I, no you're right. So so, so at that point, where, where is that? So at that point, what do you do? Do you use it as a teaching moment or do you glide by? When I was first diagnosed, I would say I would probably just glide by. Um, but now, you know, being educated and being an activist, I mean, it, it's I, I would use it as a teaching moment. I used it with my family and my friends and places where I work, my coworkers, you know. Like, I'm very open about my status to everyone. If somebody asks me, I tell them. I mean, I went for a job interview, and I even disclosed on my job interview, which wasn't necessarily something I had to do, but he asked me what I was most proud of, and of course, I brought up doing the radio show and, and Pals I Am and, and the activism work and all that, and, you know, it, it was a moment that I was able to open up to a potential employer, and he actually, you know, thought that it was a very, you know, commendable thing for me to do to disclose to him, and, and, you know, it got me the job, and I think it's, I don't know, it's kind of just a personal thing. It depends on where you're at within your status, uh, you know, how long somebody's been diagnosed, how educated they are, whether or not they're they're going to be able to, you know, just do it. Because it takes a long time for me to actually say it face-to-face. You know, it's, I, I, you know, yeah, I'm here. I, I, I'm trying to think how I want to say this. Um, it's, it's, you know, I, I think it, it, it just is. It, it, you, you just got to say it. You, first, you have to say it to yourself. <laughs> you gotta go. That's hard. You know what? You got to go a long time. It's not necessarily saying it to yourself, Jeremy. It's accepting it yourself. Well, I, I think first, before you can accept it, you got to say it. Yeah. Well. And and you know what I did is I went into the mirror. I went into the bathroom. I closed the door and I looked at myself in the mirror. And and I just I, I just kept saying it over and over and over. I said, "Hi." I'm HIV positive. Hi, I'm HIV positive. And and I don't know if I did that just to memorize my lines, if you will, but I, I did that because I had to get comfortable with saying the words, you know. Um, and, and I practiced, you know, this is going to sound, this is probably going to sound funny to a lot of you, but I used to practice the way I looked. <laughs> I can see you saying, oh, I am HIV positive, and then giving some, like, buck clips in the mirror. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm it, kidding. It was, it, it, because your body language, when you're conveying the message, mm-hmm. is going to, um, 
the, the other person who's receiving the message is going to see how you're conveying it, and that's going to set the tone. And, Very and, true. And that goes with any any message, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think if you're going to – did you just fart on the air? No. Oh, my God. Robert, seriously. Um, but uh, I just heard a or, – or something. Maybe it was the dog. Um, anyway. But um, – but No, but it, you're right. When you convey a message, it's – how you deliver the message exactly really you know works you know is going to react of how they react to the message exactly you know, so so you as the person being HIV positive you know if you're going to break down in tears and um, <clears throat> get into hysterics or something you know you're not re- probably ready yet to tell somebody else that you're HIV positive. Um, and it takes time to get through. To, it takes takes time to get through that pro, that process. It takes mm-hmm. time to to understand what it takes to deliver. Because this is difficult news that you are now conveying. This is now difficult news that you're giving to somebody else. So <clears throat> you have to have been able to get through it. You know, you have to be able to understand the the um, the ramifications of 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 all of this. And um, if you don't if you don't keep yourself kind of in control, um, if you will, then the person who's going to be listening to this is also not going to have control over it. So when you deliver the message. The person delivering the message, ninety percent, has control of the whole situation. Right. One of the um, one of the topic, or one of the things that's posted in the chat room by our, our friend Ken, uh, he says that you know people like people who have a sense of confidence, and it's so true. I think confidence is something that is very attractive. You know, somebody who has confidence, um, you know, kind of has this energy about them, and you can deliver anything. But if you have confidence when you're delivering that. I think um, it goes a long way, and you know I think Ken hit the nail on the head with that. And and just to, and, and to go and to piggyback on that, if if you have confidence, in order to get confidence, educate yourself about the virus. Mm-hmm. You know what? Be educated, be knowledgeable, um, because now you are going to be turning into an expert, whether you like it or not. You will become an HIV expert. Because when you start <clears throat> explaining this um, to someone else, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy. Did you I'm see Ken? Ken, yeah, because a hot body helps also. <laughs> I know. It, it, well, it, what I'm going to say to Ken is um, is is that you. I usually bring one with me, <laughs> and um, I have him sitting next to me when I give the news. That way, they're. T- Busy looking over there and not really paying attention to me. Uh, so we're actually down to the last ninety seconds. So um, I want to thank everybody for for tuning in for this uh, hour of hot topics with Jeremy and I. And uh, next week we will be returning with a brand new show and a a hot new guest to uh, share their story about living with HIV. Um, details to come. We're going to have a great lineup. Um, just uh, getting all that settled down. So, uh, Jeremy, what a great show. Um, tell us where yeah. people can go and find more about you. You can find me at PositivelySpeaking.com, or you can find me on Facebook and There Twitter. you go. And, yes, you can also find uh, Jeremy and myself and more information on past shows and upcoming shows at POSIM.com. You can join the social network by going there as well. I'll make a donation to keep the show running. Um, Jeremy, I will speak to you next week. Um, it was uh, great talking to you, and uh, I'll talk yeah. to you soon. So, and, and folks, please listen to the show. Don't watch the Oscars. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's so true. Have a great night, everybody.
What's, ready to What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'ma go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand, because AIDS, I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org.